This is Overnight. Now it is time to cross to Boston, Massachusetts, where Celeste Katzmarston is with us. Celeste, good morning and welcome back to the program. Good morning. Now, a couple of unbelievably fascinating stories from Boston, which we'll get to in a moment. But before we get to that, uh, a couple of stories from the greater United States, perhaps, that don't involve shooting down balloons, but are about drugs or, yes, medication, you might say. The first is what is now going to be available to be sold over the counter, and the other one is about uh, a drug that is already being used by millions of people, presumably tens of millions of people, but uh, others want to get a hold of it as well. Let's start with Narcan. Uh, What's the story there? What do people use Narcan for, and uh, why has has it not been available over the counter before now? Yeah, Narcan is a drug that is uh, generically marketed as naloxone, and basically it's what you uh, give somebody a shot of if they are going into an opioid overdose, if they're sort of, uh, you know, tranked out or slumped out and they're in a, a fugue state, I guess, kind of. Um, sort of comatose, you give them a shot of this to wake them back up and bring them back to life. And generally, this would be administered by hospitals or uh, ambulance corps and things like that. But now uh, the FDA is looking at making it widely available. Like you could pick it up in the pharmacy, you could pick it up at the supermarket and just have it on you in the event of an overdose. Or if you are around living with or working with somebody who is prone to overdosing on opiate drugs. And this is a big deal because we've had hundreds of thousands of people, 100,000 people or so in 2021 have died from overdoses. We're seeing a lot more cheap opioid drugs. Fentanyl has been a huge problem. Uh, you know, people maybe more commonly think of heroin, but people are overdosing very quickly and they're dying. And this is a way to make uh, basically a treatment for it, an emergency treatment for it, much more widely available. Okay. Now, I mean, this is so disturbing in a way that it is now necessary that a drug that previously had been only used by paramedics or in hospital emergency wards to help people who were, you know, in this situation is now going to just be available over the counter because so many people might need it. I mean, isn't that a disturbing thing? It's completely disturbing. It's it's terrifying and people are taking prescription drugs or what they think are prescription drugs that are laced with fentanyl, which is super, super powerful and only takes a very, very tiny amount to kill you. Um, and you're seeing people uh, who think they're taking drugs recreationally for fun, um, that kind of thing, just dropping dead uh, because they are getting uh, doses that are tainted with fentanyl. But this is also for maybe people who are overdosing on drugs like Percocet, Xanax, um, things like that. And so, yeah, basically they want to make this as easily available as going into your corner drugstore and buying a bottle of aspirin. Yeah. What are the side effects, though? Because I can imagine there are going to be people who are going to try this drug to see what it feels like without having taken an overdose. Well, supposedly it's not, and I have to disclaimer, I have not tried it, but um, it's 
essentially supposed to be very, very safe. It's just supposed to counteract or or blunt the effects of the opioid and wake people up. It is not uh, a euphoric kind of drug. It's not like a psychedelic kind of drug. It's a treatment. It's a, an intervention. Yeah. So there can be some issues, I guess, with withdrawal. But for the most part, I mean, apparently it's even safe for like babies. Supposedly, if a baby, you know, gets their hands on medication or something like that and they start to zonk out, you can give them this drug to to revive them. Unbelievable. So people will be carrying this with them or it'll be you know, available widely for you know family members perhaps i mean ah oh. i mean I, yeah. i'm sure it's a good thing but it's just it is so depressing that we have got to this stage it is but i mean is it more depressing to have to do this or is it more depressing yeah. to watch people die if, if they can be saved and then you know the question becomes who will carry it will everybody start carrying it will it become a normal thing or will some stores be uh, hesitant to carry it because they don't want people coming in to get it they don't want to deal with people who are inclined to uh yeah. have to worry about protecting themselves from drug overdoses do you want those people in your store so there might be an issue there but on the whole i think it definitely falls squarely into the category of harm reduction if okay. people are going to take drugs you know they should be able to to do something about it if something goes really wrong do we know uh how much it might cost for example is this going to be you know cheaply available I don't know if there's a dollar figure on it right now or what it's marketed for, but I mean, I think the idea is to not make it so expensive that yeah. uh, people can't afford it, which a lot of drugs are, to be yeah. fair. I mean, we've been having a huge argument about insulin costs in this country and so on. Exactly. So uh, also, yeah, who's going to make money out of this? I would think the drug companies, the very drug companies that are making the fentanyl and the other opioids are probably going to be manufacturing this and they're getting it, you know, both ways. They're doubling the profits yeah and you know and i think you and i have talked about this you know there have been there's been a major reckoning in the united states about the the origins of the opioid addiction problem and how drugs were marketed to people and over prescribed and uh people got really hooked on this and it destroyed their lives destroyed their health so yeah i mean there's a whole we could do a whole program about about big pharma for for sure but i mean i think this is just sort of very much a reality check people are getting super sick they're dying um maybe because of things they don't even realized that they were ingesting yeah. you know drugs that they didn't know that were taking that were spiked into something else that they bought and this is just to sort of to you know uh try to build some sort of wall against this tidal wave of opioid deaths all right well let's hope it does some good now the other drug or medication story you mentioned insulin which is for type 1 diabetics but type 2 diabetes is uh, also a terrible situation in the world in, in western countries mostly us and australia in particular there is a drug that uh, treats type 2 type type 2 diabetes i don't know how widespread it is in australia but in the us it is what is it and why are people taking it Right. So there's a, a class of drugs. One of them is known as Ozempic. And uh, basically, it's this a drug called a, a semaglutide that is used to uh, treat people with type 2 diabetes. And one of the effects of this drug is weight loss. It, it's a, apparently a very powerful 
appetite suppressant makes you feel really full without, uh, you know, if you've eaten only very little food and so on to help people, because obviously, as you know, weight, uh, you know, extra weight or yes. being overweight is associated with diabetes. So um, in this case, Ozempic is used to help people control their weight as part of an overall treatment for type 2 diabetes. But the problem in the United States is that there's a shortage of this drug because people are just taking it to help themselves get skinny. And there is now not enough of this drug for people who actually have diabetes, including uh, supposedly like models, influencers, uh, Elon Musk. Uh, I know one of your your favorite guys, but uh, people have, you know, uh, he said, you know, his, his, uh, prescription for or his formula for a lean body is not eating tasty food but also taking drugs like osambic okay hang on um, is it not a prescription drug though how do people get it without a, without a prescription or are, are they i don't know i mean they buy it on the black market or what's happening I mean, it is. Yeah, it is a prescription drug. It's definitely a prescription drug. It is not something that currently like maybe Narcan in the near future, you can just go into the corner store and buy. But, um, you know, a lot of drugs have what they call off-label uses, which is uh, it was not designed to treat this condition, but it does. Or it works in concert with another medication to have uh, an effect that... um, is not what the drug was manufactured for or is officially prescribed for, but it works for something. I don't know if you think of just a random fake example, say you had, um, uh, I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, there are a, many uh, drugs yeah, that you know. yes, have a side effects, which are actually good. It could be, um, you know, people taking aspirin or whatever for a headache, but then that has other, you know, uh, effects right. as it's well. A, a blood thinner or something. Yeah, so, right. right. So, um, you know, that kind of thing. So people are looking at Ozambic as people have been doing since, you know, I don't know how long since food came into, mm. into reasonably good supply of easy, fast ways to use to lose weight without doing any work. And taking a shot of one of these drugs is apparently easier than like going to the gym. Well, so um, but the question is, okay, that is in itself is not a bad thing necessarily. If they want to lose weight and this helps them do it as an appetite suppressant, there are plenty of drugs that do that as well, I would think. It is the fact that they are getting it when people who really need it those type 2 diabetics are now perhaps unable to get it because people who don't necessarily need it to stay alive, which is what a type 2 diabetes drug does, then, uh, you know, that's that's wrong. So they need to start manufacturing more of it. And the interesting thing is, you know, how do these people get their prescriptions, as we talked about? You know, maybe they go to their doctor and say, look, I want to lose weight. Prescribe me this one. Right. And look, I mean, obesity is a serious, serious health concern concern in the United States. It is a medical condition. You know, it's you could have a big discussion about whether people are not exhibiting self-control or, you know, they're looking for an easy way out. Some people are medically diagnosed with, you know, a weight problem that affects lots of other things about the rest of their health, their joints, their hearts, you know, their digestion, you know, lots and lots of things. But you know, the concern again becomes, well, what about people 
who are actually diabetic yes. and these people are legitimately having trouble. And it's not just this one drug, Ozempic. It's a series of related drugs that people are trying. And yeah, there are some doctors who can say, well, this person isn't diabetic, but I'm writing for this drug mm. because they have a legitimate weight issue that is um, contributing to problems with their overall health. So yeah, the, the people that end up with the short end of the stick though, are people who genuinely need this for type two diabetes. Well, so Mag other people yeah. can look good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maggie texts in and says, I'm diabetic and have been unable to get my injections for three months because of people using it for weight loss. Now, I'd need some more information for you from you, Maggie, because injections are generally associated with type one diabetes, not type two. And you're saying this is a drug for type two. So I'd be interested to know, Maggie, if that is the case in Australia, that people uh who um hang on, just read another text. There's a crisis with uh uh Ozempic. I haven't been able to get one for five weeks, says Alastair, another of our texters. So the problem might very well be here in Australia as well, Celeste. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that, and it is an injectable drug. It is drug. It is used for type 2 diabetes. And by the way, it's not cheap. So there may be some issue of people who can just afford this drug. Ozempic can cost over, you know, over $1,000 a month. But there are people and the people that we're, I'm not accusing anybody, but there have been some questions about influencers and so on uh, who are using this. And those are the type of people that can spend $1,000 on what is essentially a cosmetic treatment for them, but is a, a life-saving or a life-preserving drug for other people who yeah. actually have diabetes. Um, well, in Australia, of course, we have the um, pharmaceutical benefits scheme which allows, uh, which basically the drugs like this are uh, um, subsidised by the government. So you wouldn't be playing anywhere, paying anywhere near that amount. Um, you'd be paying maybe $25 a month or a little bit more than that. So that is uh, one of the, just as the, uh, the Brits love their National Health Service, we love the uh, Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme. Uh, Celeste. Katz Marston mm. is our guest here on Overnights. Uh, but now, the devil made me do it. But what is the devil doing in Massachusetts? Yeah, this is kind of a weird one. And, and you know, we have here uh, in Massachusetts, we have the uh, Boston, of course, is our capital. But we have the town of Salem, which was very famous and remains very famous for the, um, the witch trials and uh, executions and uh, you know all sorts of occult stuff, big around Halloween, but it's also a big tourist attraction. But in any case, it's also the home of the Satanic Temple. And the Satanic Temple has been at war with uh, Boston and particularly with the mayor now, uh, Michelle Wu, who is our first uh, female and Asian American mayor, just uh, got into office. Before that, she was a city councilor. And so the Satanic Temple was getting really up in arms that they were not allowed to deliver the invocation, um, which is a, a blessing said at the beginning of public meetings um, in this country in lots of places and so on. It could be any denomination. They usually try to mix it up, but the satanic temple was not on the list. So they lawyered up and they tried to force uh, Mayor Wu, who was at the time on the city council, to come to their temple and view one of their candlelight invocations and then talk about how they choose the clergy 
for uh, Boston uh, public government meetings. And so uh, this went to court and one of the judges just came back and said, okay, cut this out, stop filing these lawsuits and pay the attorney's fees to Boston that they had to spend to defend this uh, obviously sort of antagonistic uh, legal proceeding. I mean, the thing is, if you believe in, you know, the right to practice your religion, you you know, this whole thing about, I mean, I'm not supporting the Satanists in any way, but do they not have a right to practice their religion and have that, you know, throughout the community as well? Why shouldn't they? Well, I think that when you get into the legal grounds, I mean, this is... I don't know if it's an organized religion per se. I mean, I guess Satanism could be considered um, and I don't know if it's an organized religion, but I mean, yeah, people have protections, certainly of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, all these things. And that's fine. But just because they weren't picked for uh, being involved in these particular invocations or blessings doesn't mean that they get to file like endless, endless lawsuits. I mean, in this case, it was sort of punitive because they were trying to get her to come to Salem to do this on election day Mm. when she was running for mayor of the city of Boston. And, you know, out of all the members of the city council, they happened to pick her. How Mm. random. So. All right. Okay. We wish them all the best. Uh, We don't actually, by the way, Maggie says I'm type two diabetic. We've been told we haven't, we won't get any until March. Alistair is type two, injected once week, uh, weekly under the PBS, only a few dollars. So there you go. Uh, it's cheaper here, but you just can't get it at the moment, or at least Maggie can't. And I presume it's uh, it's probably manufactured overseas. We don't know whether it's manufactured in Australia. And finally, hmm. Chinese restaurant. This is a fascinating story about a uh, former Harvard Business School professor, Benjamin Edelman. Uh, he complained at a Chinese restaurant in Brookline, the beautiful suburb of Boston, where the uh, Kennedys, JFK, was born. You can visit his house there. Uh, what happened? So this is a guy who was uh, teaching at Harvard Business School. Apparently he has like four degrees from Harvard and he ordered Chinese food from a restaurant in Brookline right next to uh, Boston. And he says they overcharged him by $4. So, okay. He said that he looked at the items that he ordered from the restaurant and the price of each one was a dollar more, $1 more than what was listed on their website. So he got very sore about this. And the guy is kind of like a consumer slash fairness crusader, I guess you could say. So he said, okay, you need to pay me treble damages. You need to pay me three times what you overcharged me. And they were like, "Uh, you know, we'll give you back the four bucks. Sorry, our website wasn't updated. It was an error. And he's like, no, you need to understand that this is a clear violation of consumer protection and uh, trust between businesses and consumers. And he made a huge thing out of it. And all these newspapers and magazines wrote about this guy going after this very sort of local mom and pop Chinese restaurant. So anyway, as a result of this, when he came up for tenure, it turned out that he got rejected for tenure. And um, some people thought, or including him, I guess, that Hmm. because he made a scene essentially about this and Harvard did not want to be perceived as the kind of place that employs people that fight a local restaurant over a $4 
overcharge, um, he didn't get tenure. And, you know, who knows? The big question is, how do you get tenure? Who actually knows what qualifies you or disqualifies you? But now he's going to court over it. Now he actually wants to uh, get unspecified damages and for Harvard to like explain and review their tenure process. But this is all over four bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to say I'm on his side, but yeah, all I got to say is I'm sorry, website's wrong. You know, like, and then be nice about it. You know, like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've yeah, been, he eventually you know, apologized. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did, but uh, too little, too late now. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I I'm not going to make it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, what I will say about it is this, uh, Celeste. If you're looking for great wontons in Boston. <laughs> Go to the Hong Kong Chinese restaurant in um, Cambridge, just across the road from uh, Boston, from uh, Harvard, and you'll find the best wontons, deep fried wontons that you will ever have. So I'm just recommending that. Uh, I don't know about a restaurant in Brookline. Don't know about it. But uh, the ones in Cambridge, very, very nice. And look, you get about 24 of them for, for Two or three dollars, so you know, fantastic value for money as well. Well, I will, I will make sure that there's no overcharge, but I won't make a federal case out of it, which seems to be the case right now. But always looking for a good wonton. I'm, I'm a very tough customer. I'm a New Yorker, Ooh, you know. We have yes. our Chinatown, I believe, is unparalleled uh, outside of China. But I will take you up on the, uh, uh, on the recommendation. All righty. Now, just a couple of this has really uh, opened my eyes to a world that I really didn't know too much about, uh, Celeste. Um, Ozempic is on the uh, PBS, I presume, uh, for type 2 uh, diabetic pensioners. It's about $5.50 a, a script. If you're not type 2, you could pay up to $200 a month over the counter. There has been a very serious supply issue. Martin says, I have type 2 diabetes. Originally, I couldn't get myopic as doctors were prescribing it for weight loss. Was that myopic or the other one? Now, I can't get trulicity either for the same reason. Those trying to lose weight would have a better chance of doing so by walking to their chemist. Alas, the same can't be said for those of us who have type 2 diabetes. Um, it's manufactured in Finland. Supplies from March... Um, it's mid-February, so not long to go. It's a miracle drug for type 2s. There you go. So fascinating. Uh, the same problem happening here. That doesn't surprise me, of course. But, uh, you know, this is the first I've heard about it. And maybe it's a big thing in the type 2 diabetes world. But uh, maybe I'll talk to my doctor about it next time I see her. So let's thank you very much for that. Always a pleasure. Uh, stay away from the Satanists and uh, hit, hit the Chinese restaurant. Okay, that's a that's a, a good uh, a good series of uh, things for me to put on my to do list. All righty, hey Celeste, thanks very much, Celeste Katzmaston in Boston, Massachusetts.